Welcome to Powwow Live Podcast from powwows.com, connecting you with native culture since 1996. Here's your host, Paul Gowder. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. This is the Powwow Life Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Gowder from powwows.com. Thank you so much for being here. I hope 2023 is off to a great start for you and your family. 2022, you know... It started off a little shaky, but for for here at Powell's.com and for my family, it was a it was a big year. A lot happened. I was able to retire from my job, go full time with Powell's.com. My daughter graduated from high school. We went to Europe for her graduation trip and spent a lot of time together as a family. Took her off to college in the fall, and uh, and you know that's been a big transition. But also just trying to figure out this transition of. of not doing the nine to five thing and working full time for for you the, here at powwows.com. It's been a, a been a year of change, but exciting change. And I appreciate every minute of it. And thank you. You are what makes this happen. So thank you all. And I'm so excited for 2023. It's going to be a fantastic year. We've got so much planned here at powwows.com. So stay tuned. But on today's episode, I've got a great interview with Miss Minnesota. She is the first indigenous woman to represent the state in that pageant. And we talked to her a little bit about her experience as, you know, representing the state, but also going on and competing in the national pageant and then her future plans and where she wants to go and and continue representing Indian country and helping out with ICWA and other legal issues. So I'm really excited for you to hear this. I, I love hearing from people like her that are charting a course that maybe is not the traditional path or a career path. You know, she's going through the pageant world. She's using that as a way to get her platform out there and then to further her career through law school and go on from there. So it's, it's exciting and I hope other people will use her as an example and find their own path. So uh, enjoy that interview. I do have a couple of announcements, though, that are things that are going on here at powwows.com. First, be sure to check out our powwow calendar because we are adding new events almost every day. 2023 is starting to shape up as a big powwow year where committees are sending us their flyers. Hey, and if you have a flyer, if you're involved with a powwow, send it to us. Let us get it, get the latest information on our powwow calendar. But definitely, if you're planning your trips for 2023, check out the calendar over at powwows.com, powwows.com slash calendar. We even have a book, a PDF book you can download for free, and it's the entire calendar with all the links and all the information to get you the, the latest um latest info so you can plan out your trips and we update that every month it is a free resource powwowcalendarbook.com so that's our first announcement second here in january 2023 we are giving away two pendleton blankets and a set of pendleton mugs you can enter to win that and enter to win daily over at powwows.com slash win so be sure to visit that and get your name in the hat for those amazing prizes all right so here is my interview with Miss Minnesota.
Thank you so much for being here. I'm here with Rachel Evan Evan Listo, right? E- close. No, I messed it up. <laughs> so close. <laughs> we we just yeah, we just talked about. It. Sorry. Just talk- and then I go and, and mess it up. But Miss Minnesota just recently competed at the Miss um Miss, Miss America. America pageant, right? Yep. Miss USA. Miss America. Miss America. Yes. And the first indigenous Miss Minnesota. So excited. And and it's been really fun to watch, you know, over social media and following the videos and things going on, how you've yeah. been um representing yourself, your your tribe, and then also what you've been wearing. That's been really fun to watch. So thank you for being yeah. here and spending a few minutes with us. Yes. No, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. Um, well, let's start with, tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, and how you got involved in pageants. Yes. So I, I'm Rachel Evangelisto, Miss Minnesota. I live in Minneapolis and um, I'm 25 years old and I'm going to law school next August to study Native American law. I first started competing within the Miss America organization when I was about 13 years old. And that when I really reflect back on that, I mean, I was so young when I started, but even then I knew that there was kind of this negative narrative that was surrounding me where I lived of that. There was only so much I was going to accomplish because I was native, that I I wasn't going to graduate high school or college. Like I had people telling me that where I lived and I've always been a little feisty and a little tenacious. So I said, you know what? I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to show you what I can do. I'm going to show you that I can do this. And so I found that Avenue within the Miss America organization and I, I really loved it. It's so much more than I think a beauty pageant that's what a lot of people see it as, but it's a scholarship competition. So it, it allowed me to grow and to push myself and to, to advocate for things that I care about and led me to becoming the first indigenous Miss Minnesota. That's really cool. That's exciting. And, you know, yeah. I've talked to um, Ashley Collingbull who went through the same kind of path, you know, in, in, yes, in the pageant did. world. Yeah. And it's, it's cool to hear that um, there are different paths for, for people to find their way. And this is an interesting one. And we don't hear about a whole lot in Indian country. Um, yeah, along the mm-hmm. way, have you, have you seen any, many other indigenous people joining in or are you still kind of um, trend setting there? I, I think right now, like right now, literally, like we're just starting to see people grasp onto what this organization is or just beyond Miss America, what scholarship competitions or even, even beauty pageants have to hold for indigenous women. I think so often, like we never saw ourselves represented anyway in this work, like within Miss America or any other organization, we never saw ourselves as beautiful or like put out into magazine covers to say like with pride, I'm indigenous, I'm a beautiful, I'm a beautiful indigenous woman. And for me, I I would have loved to have seen that when I was growing up, that would have made a world of difference to me. So I knew when I became older that I wanted to be that representation. And now, I mean, people like me, people like Ashley Collingbull, we're kind of carving that path to allow other women to follow us because while we're the first women within these roles, we certainly do not want to be the last. Yeah, that's really cool. And, you know, I've, been around like the Miss Indian World pageant for for several years oh. and and seeing that and some of these um I know Miss Manitowabi does the same thing they're yep. also putting in lots of things about you know your language um your asking scholarship questions interview questions you know it is more than just beauty pageants and I'm hoping that now maybe some of these women will see the path that you guys have set you know these yeah. these ladies competing for Miss um, um Miss Indian World they are amazing <clears throat> so I'm hoping they'll take this path too. And we'll get some more representation over there. Yes, me too. And I think, so, I mean, for me, that was the only way that I was going to go to college because I needed this 
scholarship money. And I know a lot of other people in Indian country that come from the reservations that come from that hardship also need that help and need somebody to, to mentor them, to guide them, to get interview skills, business skills, how to do all of those things that you need to, I mean, get into higher education if that's what you want. And I really just want to encourage women to, to invest in themselves and invest in something that will help you further yourself. And for me, that was this organization, but I hope my journey can be, I think, a testament to showing that you can grow and you can get out of anything and you can be whatever you want to be. That's really great. Well, tell us what it was like this, uh, this, over the past couple of weeks as you did compete there on that national stage. Yeah. I, I, again, I started when I was 13. So this was (laughs) a literal dream come true for me. I had always wanted to, compete at Miss America. And, uh, you know, I didn't win and that's okay. I I came away with 50 best friends from all over the country in every single state. And beyond that, I got to watch one of my best friends. Her name is uh, Grace and she won Miss America. She, she was from Wisconsin. So we were neighboring States and I got to stand like right behind them and just watch. I mean, this magical moment that I've watched on TV, I got to watch it live on stage and that will forever stay with me. That, and that was just so much fun. And beyond that, you know, I got to wear ribbon skirts. I got to wear my beadwork, my plumes, my incredible evening gown as a, a honorary testament to boarding school youth. All of those things were so important to me to show at that national level. And there, there's not a thing I could change or could have done better. And I'm just really proud of everything I put out there and that people got to see for the first time. Yeah, I love that the dress you wore was amazing. Um, and I believe it was designed by Redberry Woman. Is that right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, she does some just incredible work. Yeah, she's she's awesome. Right? Yeah. I yeah. love her, yeah. Um, she really took that gown and did the uh, absolute best with it. People people love that gown. And I'm really honored that it was seen in that way and that people loved it and felt seen by me wearing it. That, that meant a lot to me. That's cool. Well, I, and I'm curious, as you went through this process, not just at the big national pattern, but as you have been going through this process, what's been the reaction, you know, as you've answered questions as an indigenous woman and worn these outfits and represented things in a way, what's been the reaction to the judges and the contestants? And what have you uh, heard from other people? Yeah. I mean, not even judges and contestants. I mean, I go out into communities all the time and I'm wearing, I'm wearing my beadwork that I made, or I'm wearing a ribbon skirt all the time, just because for me, I saw it initially I was really scared. I've experienced hate for wearing ribbon skirts and beads. I've experienced that hate for being indigenous. And I knew that when I stepped into this role for the first time that I wasn't going to be shy about it. I was going to be loud. I was going to be proud. And I was going to be a proud Lakota person within this role. So I always wear these things and it allows people to ask questions like where, where did these come from? Did you make them? Did somebody else make them? And it's just simple things like that. So often people are curious about indigenous people and what they've learned and have been taught is not at all accurate. So it allows for me to kind of, I think, correct that narrative and provide the education just in a simple conversation and allow people to ask harder questions that they maybe never got to, but it's been really well received overall. And, um, I know that while I was scared to take that first step, if I was scared, um, and knowing that I'm carving that path for the next person to also take that step, maybe be less scared and for them to keep doing the same down the line. Um, that's, that's all I can hope to do. Uh, fantastic. Now I know as part of these pageants, you, you put together a, a platform, right? In kind yes. of your, your messaging. So what has been your message as you've gone out and talked to folks? Yes. So we actually have to 
make like a whole business plan, marketing plan of what we want to do once we win. And I had to do that before I won with Minnesota. So I had a whole business plan. And for me, my, my social impact initiative is titled celebrating culture and driving diversity. And I was really intentional with those words because so often companies want diversity. They want like diversity is the hot topic of the year. But so often people will just kind of check a box of, I, I have this type of quota of people and we're good to go. And I mean, as indigenous people, we fit that box, but I'm telling you like diversity is not a box that can be checked. And it's kind of disgusting to think that you can just meet a quota of diversity without actually driving it and having authentic change in your company. So I wanted to go into companies, HR, like all these different places and just share my journey, share my story and show that I'm not a box that can be checked and neither is any other uh, person that comes from that diverse background. And then second to that celebrating culture. I didn't, I didn't want just people to accept that I was indigenous. I wanted people to join me in celebrating it. I wanted them to feel like they could have that connection with me. So it wasn't just enough to have that acceptance. I wanted you to see it. I wanted you to feel it. I wanted you to feel the joy that I have from being a proud Lakota woman. And I, I did just that at Miss America. And I think everything that I did was a testament to celebrating culture and driving diversity. And I still have six months left as Miss Minnesota to keep sharing that message across the state and across the nation. Wow. Six months left. I mean, there's a lot of time. So yeah. when do you when do you head to law school? And, and I guess what are your plans for the next six months before you head off yeah. and start? Yeah. I used to work in a yeah. With a bunch of lawyers, so I know once you hit that first year, you're you're going to disappear for a while. So, what's your plans for <laughs> oh, the next six right. months? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, I will disappear fully. <laughs> um, so, I do still have six months left as Miss Minnesota. We crown the next one in June of next year. So, I'll keep doing my thing. Um, I still work full time as an ICWA guardian and litem under the Indian Child Welfare Act. So, I'll keep working with um, Native families and kids right here in Minneapolis and in Minnesota. And then my second full time job is still being Miss America or Miss Minnesota. So, I'll continue that work um, of community service advocacy, of going to uh, powwows and schools and teaching about what I do and who I am. And then once that's done, um, I hope to take a mini vacation, take a little <laughs> bit of a break between my full two time, my two full-time jobs in law school. But then I start law school right in August and we'll probably disappear for a bit and, but really commit to what I am doing for the rest of my life and start my, my career path in native American law. Now you mentioned your work with ICWA. Um, there's been yeah. a lot of headlines with that lately. Um, right. mm-hmm. and, and I think, and rightfully so, I mean, we do need to pay attention to what's going on and, and there could be some major changes. But for somebody who works in the field, can you tell us what it's like to be uh, involved in it from the ground level and, and what's going on with it from your perspective? Yeah, I so I work um, with Native kids and families in Minneapolis mostly. So I have I think about 28 cases right now, all of them indigenous people from all across the country, not even just tribe specific to here. And when I sat down with my coworkers and other, our staff attorneys, we listened to the oral arguments that were about ICWA in front of the Supreme court. And we could all just tell that I don't think anybody that was actually arguing about ICWA ever watched ICWA take place, like watched a case happen because people were kind of asking like, is it biased? Is it racially Profiled, like, is there racism within ICWA? And for me, ICWA 
The Indian Child Welfare Act is the gold standard of what we can do for all children. I wish that wasn't just applied to Native kids. I wish those standards of active efforts of giving the absolute best to help families and kids come together was applied universally. And so beyond that, it's it's not racially biased either. Yes, there's preference to Indigenous families, but that's that's just preference to culture, cultural preservation, because we watched that get destroyed generations ago and how that generational trauma carries over to have the system that we have today, which is flooded with indigenous kids and families. I mean, there's still repercussions of what have been happening for years. And ICWA is working to correct that. And I, I, I'm nervous. If I'm honest, I hope that they don't overturn ICWA, even a piece of it. I think it really has value to what we have for Indian country and just beyond that child protection as a whole. So I look forward to going to law school and advocating for that because if they do overturn it, uh, I'm going to march my little butt right back in there and get it overturned. So that stays because it's, it's just vital to what we have to offer um, in Indian country and to preserve it. Yes. And it's scary to think about what the implications can be if it does overturn and what, what the next domino could be. So yeah, it's something we all need to pay attention to. It it is, it is so important. Uh, That's great. Now, um, (laughs) you, I mean, it's, it's, Really exciting to see, you know, you kind of setting this path, not just in the pageants, but then going and working as somebody that's going to fight for tribal sovereignty and fight for tribal issues. Um, Absolutely. So what what do you, do you tell the young ladies that are watching? Um, how can they how can they start this path? Uh, you know, what kind of advice would you have for them? Yeah, I think a really big piece of advice that was shared with me by, by a woman named Sandy Whitehawk. And I share this with my kids all the time. So whether you're a woman, whether you're a person that's just indigenous or not, like, I think this is really valuable, but she shared with me a, a really powerful quote that said, your ancestors prayed for you to live a life that they couldn't long before your feet touched this earth. And, you know, we were taught that our, we live, live within our grandmother's womb, even before birth, before a mother's birth, like we come into life within that form. And I think there's such power into thinking of, our ancestors and what they went through and how we honor them today and how we honor the next coming generations that are within us as women or within people that are fighting for our communities. And whether that's being a part of Miss America, whether that's um, going to law school, whatever you want to do, I hope people just think about the path and what we went through as Indian country, as our ancestors went through and how we can correct those narratives, even when it feels hard, even when it's scary, even when it's really difficult. I've experienced a lot of racism being the first native American person within this role. There's a lot of people that want to discredit what I do and don't see me as a valid native person. And that was really hard, but I had to push through anyway. And knowing that if I can continue to push, others will join me in making that push and making that difference and making that change. And all I can do is hope to inspire other people to do the same and that they can also continue to have other people inspired and do the same. It creates this wonderful domino effect. So I really hope people can hear that and take that with stride and, Learn to just make a difference, however big or small, that they feel called to. So good. So good. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your work and, and what you're yes. doing. And thank you for you know, getting out there and representing uh, and, and kind of setting this path. Yeah. So really appreciate that. And thank you for spending some time with us. No, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. This has been a really uh, fun, fun interview to do. Awesome.
Thanks for being here, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Powwow Life Podcast. Be sure to, to stay tuned. We'll have more episodes coming soon. And don't forget to subscribe, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, click the subscribe button so you don't miss any future updates. I hope you have a wonderful week. Spend some time with your family and head out to a powwow this weekend. I'll see you down the trail, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Powwow Life podcast from powwows.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of our next episode. Find a powwow near you by visiting www.powwows.com forward slash calendar. Support powwows.com by visiting www.powwownation.com. Good luck. Here is this week's trivia question. You can head over to powwowlife.com to fill out the form and submit your answer. All the right answers are entered into a drawing for a 10-sticker powwows.com sticker pack. Here's the question. This year, we are celebrating a big milestone. We have been live streaming for a number of years. So tell me, what year was the first year we streamed and what was the first powwow we streamed? If you've been listening or following our content, you should be able to find it. Good luck. Powwowlife.com to submit your answer. What was the first powwow and what year did we first live stream? Good luck and thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week.